This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Kevin Farrell with Dr. Greg Gordon, a board certified internist and psychiatrist. You know, we've all had role models. Most of us would even say we're just like our parents in one way or another. So today we're talking about the role of parents as role models. Call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. We'll answer your questions and ask you ours, too. Which best describes your parenting style? Is it walk the walk or do as I say, not as I do? Give us a call, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio, all things Mississippi. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. And welcome back. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell with Dr. Greg Gordon, a board-certified internist and psychiatrist. Today we're going to be talking about parents as role models, and we'll ask you our question of the day, which, which best describes your parenting style. Is it walk the walk or do as I say and not as I do? You know, there are always lines open at the beginning of the program, so if you'd like to participate, now is a great time to get in. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464, or you can email family at mpbonline.org. Dr. Gordon, how are you doing today? Oh, doing great. Thank you. Uh, staying uh, cool this weekend, I hope. Well, you know, it was one of those uh, really hot, uh, really hot times. So we were cutting the grass late, late in the afternoon on, on Saturday and, and basically stood, in, uh, stood inside most of the weekend except for got the water hose out. Uh, and that was just sort of fun just playing with the water hose. <laughs> it's small things that make, make fun in my house. <laughs> that in the kickball field. Well, I was out of town this weekend in St. Louis, and it was a little hot up there, but there was some rain, so I don't know that it uh, even got to 90 while we were up there. And I, uh, I checked Facebook while I was up there and saw all the the uh, posts about it being hot here. So I was fortunate to uh, to be out of town for this weekend, but came back and I've noticed that uh, looks like uh, we're still going to have some brutally hot weather uh, this week. So, uh, folks, uh, utilize your air conditioners and have them and, and, and practice good uh, ideas when you're out in the heat. To don't stay out there too long. Stay hydrated, all those things that we need to think about uh, for our health when we're out in this brutal uh, dog days of August, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to be talking about parents as role models today. You know, our question of the day describes parenting styles, and it's sort of, I guess, we've got the both extremes. To me, walk the walk means that, you know, I'm going to show my children the way to uh, to, to lead their lives by, by the way I would lead my life, whereas, you know, do as I say, not as I do, is I'm the one kind of giving the instructions, and regardless of, of how I behave, um, you're going to do as I tell you to do. Uh, like I say, those seem to be kind of the, the mm-hmm. extremes of the of the spectrum there. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, is there another option along with that? Because we do tend to, uh, there are times when we've done things that clearly we want our children to learn from our mistakes or our errors. You know, it's kind of like a person who's a smoker who then says, son, don't smoke. You know, I know I do it. You know, again, if you're trying to make changes for a child, you can also explain why. Look, I wish I had never picked up uh, smoking a cigarette. You know, not only has it cost me $10,000 a year, you know, or whatever, um, but also I have trouble breathing and coughing and shorts my life, and I wish I'd never picked up this habit. You know, sometimes people are afraid that because they have done something that they don't want to appear hypocritical. Okay, yes, I do see, you know, there is a component of, of mixed messages there. But I do think a parent can then be, you know, step forward and say, and I wish I had never done this. You know, look, son, you know, I'm working on this too. I'm, I'm trying to quit smoking, but I'm now addicted to uh, nicotine or uh, alcohol or even as wild as it sounds. You know, there are so many people here in Mississippi struggling with crystal methamphetamine and parents, you know, when they get caught up in that drug, oftentimes neglect um, and certainly don't pay attention to their children. You know, uh, the things that we're talking about uh, parenting today would be some good basic skills for people who are struggling with addiction as well about how to still be a parent. The fact that somebody has caught themselves caught in a situation doesn't mean that they can't hopefully teach their children to avoid the same trap. 
And it's not hypocritical if you're doing it to love and nurture your child to say, look, don't follow my path, son. The same thing could be said for people who struggled with in and out of uh, jail, in prison, criminal activity, that um, sometimes it's better to at least try to make an effort to educate your children and motivate them to do something different uh, than to blindly say, look, do as I do, and by the way, I'm, I'm a criminal and I cook crystal methamphetamine, and, and here's the ingredients there. So, yeah, use your sort of your weaknesses if you recognize them as, as maybe a teaching point and say where you have gone wrong and say that you're offering up the advice so that your children uh, do not follow in your footsteps in that case and, and can learn maybe from uh, some of the life lessons that uh, we have learned. <clears throat> We're on Relatively Speaking today. We're going to be talking this hour about role models, parents as role models specifically. If you have some comments or questions, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. It's 877 7464. We always like to hear personal experiences on the program. So if you are a parent and think that you have done well uh, using yourself as a role model for your children, we'd like to hear from you. Or if you're maybe someone that benefited from a role model as you were growing up, if you thought your parents were especially good at helping you find the right path in life, we'd like to hear your experience as well. Again, the number is 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. Our email address is Family at mpbonline.org. So you could either send us a a email or give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking on uh, parents as role models today during Relatively Speaking. You know, one of the things uh, that I think we've talked about really throughout the course of this show is that uh, whether whether parents want to be or not, Mm -hmm. uh, they are role models because children tend to, you know, look at their behavior and, and, and really follow what they're doing. Absolutely. You know, children will look at us as parents, and I have, as our listeners have heard before, I have three children maybe listening today uh, as they're getting ready to go to school next week. But, you know, you're right. They're going to look at our actions, what we do, our behaviors, our responses, and and whether we want them to or not, you know, if we, um, you know, back up and hit my mom's car, you know, and I let out a curse word, you know, that's something that they will hear. That's the only one time they've ever heard an inappropriate word come out of my mouth (laughs) uh, because I'm very careful to think, what do I want my children to hear? What are the words that I want my children to hear, and how's the tone of voice that I want them to hear? Uh, to understand that, sure, I can be I can be mad, and that's okay. I can set limits. I can give a punishment, and I can do that, uh, and be in control, and then also explain uh, to them what was going on. You know, an example was uh, Sunday, coming back uh, from Sunday morning. Uh, my son got uh, a little excited in the minivan, and uh, as we're getting just almost into our driveway, uh, popped off his seatbelt. Okay, we, you know we're slowing down. We're doing about um, seven, ten miles an hour, getting ready to turn in. But then he opens the door, the sliding door, and immediately, wow! Everybody jumps into uh, action. My wife does. I do. I'm slowing down quickly but cautiously, you know. And quickly, we had to, you know. Uh, right then and there had to address the issue. And then I explained to him, I said, you know, first thing, get in this house and you're in timeout. And I said, look, here's why. And after, you know, the minute or two of commotion of just coming in and getting your shoes off and things, I said, look, Sky, here's the situation. That was dangerous. You do not do this. You are not to do that. And here's why. And I, and I broke it down. And so he received a, a modest punishment, about 15 minutes in timeout on the couch, you know, but I sat down and explained to him, uh, I was scared. I don't want you to be hurt. And this is why you may not do that. Don't unbuckle your seat, you know, until I pull in the garage. Don't, you know, um, don't ever open the door when it's um, moving. And my, my daughter says, yeah, no car surfing or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, Quinn. I don't, I don't need your input right now. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, with always with parenting, it's about consistency as well. You know, uh, what they see you do the vast majority of the time is what they're going to learn to do the vast majority of time. You know, and what you're really doing then with your role models is you're sharing with them what's important to you. You know, whether it be about cultural beliefs, beliefs, um, whether it be about drug use, alcohol, your um, ideas about education or work ethics. These are all things that your children will pick up, not only by watching you do that, but what you share with them and talk with them. And that's a big important part of about being consistent is being there for your children. You know, one of the things that I like to do, and I've mentioned it before, is, is we eat most of our dinners together and many of our breakfasts together, often because of work I, I, I don't get a chance to eat with them. But, you know, and during that time, it's let's turn off the TV and what's going on. You know, and so that's 20, 30 minutes uh, of time 
you know, maybe 15 minutes in the morning, 20, 30 minutes in the afternoon about what's going on. And you get to hear the stories. But by taking that 15 minutes just to kind of hear, and we, we don't have any distractions uh, with exception around Christmas time. My wife loves Christmas music, but uh, they'll be playing in the background. But no TV, no computers. Um, we, we often sometimes won't even answer the telephone uh, during that time. Just let it ring through and, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out later on. But, you know, we're taking time to share our values with our kids, and hopefully we're going to be uh, showing them about how we can be independent as well. You know, the more time they can see things, okay, well, Dad, you know, one of the things I love is my kids do not know how much money I make. As a physician, I do okay. I do okay. But they have no idea because we're not worried about, you know, uh, the size of our house or who has a in-ground swimming pool or things like that. You know, the fact that we got a water hose out and sometimes we have a slip and slide, you know, and that's our outdoor activity, you know, nine ninety nine from Walmart or something like that. It's okay because I want to show them, look, you don't judge a man's character by the size of their house or how fancy a car or it doesn't make you a better person if you have uh, money, you know, but rather how you use your resources I think is important for them to understand too. And again, trying to demonstrate to them, you know, ways that I can feel good about myself you know, that also means I don't put myself down, nor do I artificially elevate. I don't go, I am the greatest doctor, oh, good me, you know, or if I go in on a weekend to cover a patient, I don't go, see how dedicated I am. I just said, look, this is part of what we do as doctors, and sometimes you got to go in on weekends or in the middle of the night, like it or not, you know. But I can say with com- with confidence, and I say, hey, I'm a, I'm a good doc. You know, I, I take care of my patients as best as I can. So I'm letting my children hear positive self positive self-esteem things about myself and hopefully they'll be able to say that too you know um i think i've mentioned before too i always say to my children do your best today try your hardest mm-hmm. i don't say i i gotta see a's um i don't bribe if i get an a i'll give you a 10 bucks or something like that i i don't say if i get a if you get a c you're grounded forever but i every day i say to them do your best today try your hardest and i i say to them every day i love you usually with a hug and a kiss as i'm heading out the door and I know once my kids are getting teenagers, they're not going to want that. They're 10, 8, and 6 right now. They don't mind. But, you know, it's kind of like uh, wanting to hold dad's hand when we're heading into a church or into the parking lot. You know, my oldest one slips her hand out kind of slyly, doesn't want to be seen with walking in with the old man. And that's okay. That's okay. That's part of her growing up, too. We're going to take a break on Relatively Speaking. This morning, we're talking about parents as role models. We're looking for your input, questions, and comments. Give us a call. It's 1-877-672-7464. Our question of the day asks about parenting styles. Which one describes your style? Walk the walk or do as I say? We'll be back with more after this break on Relatively Speaking. Think Radio Podcast. MPBonline.org. MPB Think Radio. And welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell, Dr. Greg Gordon, and today we're talking about parents as role models. Our question of the day asks about your parenting style. Is it walk the walk or do as I say? If you have some comments for us or if you have a question and would like to join the conversation, all you need to do is call us at 877-MPB-RING, which is 877-672-7464. Our email address is family at mpbonline.org. Dr. Gordon, as we were preparing for the show, one of the questions I was sort of thinking about asking was, how do you be a role model for your parent or for your children? But, you know, as we were talking, there were a couple of things that I'd like to kind of touch back on that I thought you mm-hmm. brought up some good points. The first one is that whole idea of um, if you discipline as your child, but but to use that as a teaching tool, as you mentioned uh, with your child, you know, opening, the, uh, getting out of a seatbelt and pulling open the car door, you know, obviously you felt that was a need for 
some time out or whatever, but it was not only just your, you know, you're in trouble for doing that. You explained why you were concerned about it. He was, you know, it could be a health hazard, that sort of thing. But you give some sort of reason uh, for why you are you're expecting that sort of behavior from your child. And I would imagine that uh, they're still probably going to be upset about being disciplined or being put in timeout or whatever. But I think it would help them understand what's going on if you do attach that uh, reasons for why you're disciplining them. Well, I appreciate that too. You know, as as I was talking to Sky, you know, he's sitting on the uh, sitting on the couch there. You know, at first the lip came out to pout. You know, but then uh, as I was explaining to him, you know, uh, tears welled up in his eyes, but they didn't flow or anything. You know, as I, he was upset because you know I had reacted. You know, and I didn't yell, but I did use a strong tone of voice uh, with him. But then as I sat down and explained things to him, you could see, you know. What was initially confusing to him, geez, why is dad, why did he blow up all of a sudden, you know, um, you know, why, you know, he was upset. As I sat down and explained to him, he goes, okay, I get it, I get it, you know. And then, of course, by, uh, you know, seven minutes later, can I get out, can I get out? But um, if I do this on a regular basis, Sky, my son, Sky Christian, my son, will learn, okay, this is how a dad can talk to his son when he's uh, in anger. This is how a dad can comfort a son. You know, and I don't know, maybe Sky will end up saying, you know, gosh, I was raised by a shrink and, a, you know, social worker mom and I'm all messed up. But <laughs> hopefully, hopefully uh, I will teach him some things about what I think are important about how he acts and behaves. And the same thing, too, even the kids got a summer job walking neighbor's dog, you know, and I realized how, you know, the things that I say are impacting them, you know, because I, I was saying to them every morning, I would say to be on time is to be late, to be early is to be on time. And I want you guys there, you know, in plenty of time. Don't just show up one minute after seven, but you're supposed to be there between quarter to seven and seven. So get there quarter of, you know. And, of course, this weekend there was a kid's birthday party. And my daughter goes, well, to be on time is to be late. <laughs> at least to be on time. <laughs> well, at least they're listening to me because they were trying to get to the swimming pool earlier is what they wanted to do. <laughs> but, you know, I also think it's important maybe that uh, as a parent – you 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 know you you get upset and you 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 want to convey the urgentness of the situation, but then it is important as as we mentioned, you're always a role model, so it's important that you when you're explaining that again, calm down, and again, that's going to reinforce the idea of you know that that things should be discussed in a, in, in a you know a calm fashion, and that you shouldn't do things when you're upset, and, and you need to let the emotions uh, calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that I thought was interesting that you mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, you talked about how you like to have dinner with your family, and it's sort of like, hey, what's going on? And just sort of engaging your kids maybe in a, in a general dialogue about what's going on at school with their friends and that sort of thing. Then if you hear something that maybe raises a red flag, again, it's a time where you can, you know, turn that family conversation into a into a teaching lesson, into a role modeling lesson by sort of zeroing in on that and saying, hey, hey wait, you know, you're, you know, pointing that out and, and using that to to reinforce maybe something that you're trying to teach them. Exactly. And you'd have to, of course, um, individualize it to each of the children who are at the table there. But yes, yeah, sometimes it's a great example of to say, wow, you know, um, uh, so-and-so's older sister is, is having a baby now, you know, and she's not married. And you can see how tough it is for them. And you see how the family is reacting, you know. And I always say every birth is a blessing. You know, we, we're happy for that. There is no mistake. But, you know, um, but to end up making sure that we kind of individualize it, my six-year-old son doesn't need to uh, know the birds and the bees just yet, you know, that type of thing. Um, but I think it is a good time where you can also say, but you know what, this is something, hey, one-on-one, let's talk a little bit later on as well. You know, um, help me do the dishes, help me help me load the dishwasher. And that's also a great time to say, you know what, you know, I know you're 10 and you're starting to see your friends and they're asking some questions and so I want to talk to you about teenage pregnancy. I want to talk to you about being a single parent. And it's okay to see, you know, an example of where, you know, somebody's older sister is going through a struggle, 17 and pregnant, and and use that as a teaching time to say, here's what we think, here's our our beliefs, you know, and introduce whatever you feel is important. And also a couple of phrases you would use, consistency and then that whole idea of reinforcement. You know, you say, you tell your kids every morning, do the best that you can. And, you know, you think about that and we talk about self-esteem and all those those sorts of things. And we've often talked about when you're trying to build self-esteem to think positive thoughts and that those sorts of things. From a sort of a brain biology standpoint, does that constant message 
begin to make some sort of inroads into into people's behavior, do you think? Oh, yeah. When we're looking at behavioral modification, you know, uh, looking at um, positive cognitive uh, thoughts um, uh, and then negative cognitive distortions, it's sort of like, as I say, walking in the snow. The first time you walk down a path, um, the first time you do it, there's a few footprints. The more you go up and down that path, the easier it is and more automatic it is to walk down that path. The same thing can also be true about pessimistic or optimistic uh, thinking. You know, if if you tend to look at every Monday, it's going to be, oh, it's the beginning of the week and it's going to stink. A lot of times, a lot of times, particularly like today, Dr. Dr. Norton's out of town and I'm covering for his service, so I'm going to be very busy all day long. It's going to be about 11 hours today. But a lot of times I'll end up saying, you know, uh, and it's a joke, but, but I say, look, you know what? You don't know this today, but you'll be telling your grandchildren about how great today was. <laughs> and they look at me like, you've got 25 patients to see this morning, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I could be grumpy about it, but say, no, hey, look, here's the cool thing. John needs his vacation time. Awesome for him. I can fill in and help out and I can still do my best. And okay, so I'll run an hour late today. I can deal with that. That's not, you know, in the, in the big scheme of things, that's not the worst thing to happen. We're on Relatively Speaking today talking about parents in their role as role models. If you have questions or comments, you can join the conversation by calling 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. Our email address is family at mpbonline.org. When you do call in, we'd like for you to answer our question of the day, and we'll also give you a chance to share what other comments you have with us. So let's uh, go to the phones first to Hattiesburg. Trish is on the line. Trish, our question asks about parenting styles. Is yours more walk the walk or do as I say, not as I do? What are your thoughts on that? Well, you can get away with do as I say, do, not as I do when they're little. But when they're teenagers, they'll see you as a hypocritical liar, I think. So Mm -hmm. I think if you don't teach by example, you're in trouble. You know, ultimately. Well, you know, it's true. I think a lot of times uh, teens will call you out on behavior that you do. You know, I I get that from my daughter, River, and me drinking Coca-Cola. She goes, not healthy, Dad, only one Coke a day, and I probably drink more than that. You know, um, have you, well, do you have children, Trish? Yes, we have three grown children. Awesome, just like me. How old are your kids now? Oh, let's see, they're fixing to be 32, 30, and 28. Now, when they were growing up, you know, uh, were you one of those people who do as I do or uh, do as I say, or did you show them? Uh, I tended to be that way because my father was that way. You know, you were already on the way up when he said, John. Mm-hmm. But yet, I, as an adult, I learned why he did that. And he always did set a good example, so that was a blessing. So I changed my, you know, parenting style midstream, I guess. And I think the other works better, you know, ultimately, particularly in today's world when children see so much. Oh, that's true. That's true. All right, Trish, we appreciate your calling in and sharing your experiences with us. We're on uh, Relatively Speaking today, talking about parents as role models, uh, looking for your response to our question of the day to describe your parenting style. Is it walk the walk, which is sort of you're setting an example for our children, or is it more do as I say, not as I do, whereas uh, your behavior uh, doesn't really reflect what uh, you want your children uh, to do as well? Um, You know, the other thing that um, we might want to talk about is what happens if maybe one parent uh, seems to be setting a good example mm. um and and one of them isn't in other words maybe a, 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 a one spouse smokes or that sort of thing um i guess it's a little bit more difficult that way but h- how would you handle that type of a situation you know i guess we're talking about co-parenting a lot of times it pops out in separated divorced uh, or blended families uh there but one of the key things is is that you know as parents you kind of come to some mutual uh, mutual agreements about how we get along uh, the first part is it's never helpful to be openly critical of um, your partner in front of your kids. You know, um, it really, it, all you're doing is kind of triangulating and using your kids as sort of a pawn, you know, to communicate what your wishes are. You know, like a spouse who smokes, you know, saying your daddy is a smokestack uh, chimney who's going to die when he's in his 40s, um, you know, is not going to be a, a positive way to send a message to your kids uh, as well. And that's one of those things where, look, parents... Look, if you've got a problem, fight it out between yourselves, work it out between yourselves, you know, see a counselor, oftentimes uh, churches, um, you know, um, mosques, temples have uh, lay people there to help out with um, those needs. See a marital counselor if you need to, but... 
too often we see people playing it out in front of their children. And it, it does. It sends a very negative message to the children because what you're showing them is we don't communicate well. We go through a third party and, you know, you're using a child to pass on a communication there. And these are things that we've talked about before when we've talked about separated families, divorced families, single-parent families, blended families as well. Um, it generally is not too helpful or effective in terms of helping the children to come to good decisions on their own. But it is a different thing if the two people get together and they say, okay, look, I know I smoke. We want to teach our son not to smoke, and we're going to, we're going to address this together. So this way the mother's not um, you know, jumping on the dad, and the dad is the one who's kind of taking the lead and saying, look, son, I know I'm, I'm smoking. I'm trying to stop. You know, but I also don't want you to get caught in this type of situation as well. And I would imagine as a team approach, certainly that's kind of double uh, the messaging, double the reinforcement, that kind of thing. It would be, I would imagine, much easier if you are sort of on one page. Yeah, it's very confusing when it and when adults send mixed messages to kids. And again, that's kind of that, you know, when you say, I do as I say, not as I do. It does send two conflicting messages and then the kid will have to make the decision later on when they get older. That's why, you know, if you if you really want to have your kid do a certain thing, you have to do it. You know, you're going to be more effective when you're showing to your kids, hey, I do this. And I think, too, just about uh, taking my family uh, to our spiritual needs. You know, they know that it's something that's important to me. When they get older, they'll decide exactly how important it is to them. But at least they know these are certain things that we do from a spiritual basis uh, that I want them to learn. And I guess that's the the bottom line is you don't necessarily want your children to be carbon copies of yourself. As you just mentioned there, you want to give them a good base so that when they get old enough and they become young adults and adults, that they have that knowledge base to reflect back on and then they can make what would be their decisions, but they've got something to, to go on. Well, yes. <clears throat> and I think another goal that we have kind of long term is, gosh, I don't want to be a parent when I'm 80. You know, I want to be a grandparent. I want to spoil the kids and send them back. You know, hopefully my goal is teaching my children how to become independent and autonomous, to realize that would be part of that support system. But I want them to learn to work for what they get, uh, set goals for themselves and achieve those goals. We're on Relatively Speaking, talking about parents as role models this morning. The number, if you have uh, would like to join the conversation, is 877-672-7464. Our question of the day talks about parenting styles. Uh, was your parent Is your parenting style more walk the walk or do as I say, not as I do? Or what were your parents when you were being raised? What parenting style did they use? We're looking for your input at 877-672-7464. We'll be back with more after this break. is an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell with Dr. Greg Gordon, a board-certified internist and psychiatrist, and today we're talking about parents in their role as role models for their children. We're looking for your input, comments, and questions at 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. Our question of the day talks about parenting styles, and we can phrase it in two ways. If you're a parent, how would you describe your parenting style? Is it walk the walk? Do you lead by example? Or is it do as I say, uh, not as I do? If you're not, uh, if you don't have kids, uh, what was your parenting? What were your parents' parenting style when you were growing up? What was the situation? So we're looking for your uh, your comments today. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Email address family at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Clarksdale and invite Jimbo to the program. Uh, Jimbo, uh, what uh, described your parents' parenting style? Was it walk the walk or do as I say? What are your thoughts? Well, my my role model passed away when I was in high school. That was my grandfather, mm-hmm. and he walked the walk. And I was left with my father, and that was the do as I say, not as I do. He had a substance abuse problem. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, you know, I was caught in that crux of, you know, which path do I follow? And my grandfather was really laid back. My dad was a real type A personality. So, you know, I try to temper it between both of them. But a lot of times it's like, 
Doc was talking at the beginning of the show, you know, you hate to brag on yourself, but it's kind of, it's, it's not bragging if it's true. You know, mm-hmm. I'm good at what I do, but I don't like to do my horn unless I have to. And I'll just let y'all digest that for a second if you want to talk about it. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Jimbo. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Jimbo, I think, brings up a really uh, interesting point, too, is when you have two mixed signals. Like he said, his grandfather was a walk the walk and his father was do as I say, not as I do. You know, and then at some point, Jimbo has to make a decision about himself, uh, his father with a substance abuse problem. And Jimbo has called over the over the uh, two and a half years that I've been here, and we've heard uh, bits and pieces of his, uh, his story over the time, and we know that he also had his own struggles there. But, you know, at the end, he did uh, have to come to a, a decision about how he would make changes in his life that was going to be different than his father and perhaps more like his grandfather in the long run. You know, but many times it'll take people years into their 30s or 40s till they figure that out. You know, when you get those mixed mixed signals there, uh, it makes it all the more confusing. You know, and as we're, he, he talked about uh, his father and his substance abuse, that's one thing that I think is really important for parents to talk to their kids about uh, substance abuse uh, and even medication. You know, one of the challenges that I see is I see many parents looking for perform- performance enhancement academically. And there even has been uh, some things um written about um, academic improvement, such as, you know, having children taking medications such as Adderall or um, Ritalin just to improve their academic performance, you know. And that's one of the things that I guess the term now is it is not unethical. doesn't mean that it's ethical. It's just not unethical to do that. You know, and I, I would have to say I disagree, you know. But again, you know, Parents, be careful with your medications. Be careful with expectations. And as a matter of fact, many of the times children get their drugs of abuse right out of your um, cabinet, your bathroom cabinet there. You know, when you picked up some medications for a um, broken ankle, you didn't finish them all, but you kept, you, you thought, I'll keep those lower tabs just in case. You know, if you don't need them, flush them, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, if your kid's uh, getting A's and B's and happy, you know, don't reach for the Ritalin or go to see the doctor and say, I want him doing better, or at least to consider not doing that. I do understand there's some people who want their kids to go to Harvard or something. And so, but you kind of take away a kid's childhood, you know, when you have them take medication solely for the, solely for the reason of getting higher grades. Uh, And like I say, it's considered not unethical. And even there's some studies that college students, maybe one out of four are using these stimulants, you know, to help them cram for tests and, and do these things. You know, and all we're doing is again, introducing bad ideas you know, if they're if they're taking Ritalin before a big test, do you think they're not going to take Ritalin or Adderall before a big presentation? And then Adderall is harder to get than cocaine, so maybe it's now cocaine to use. You know, but again, I guess I guess, <coughs> excuse me. The thing about being parenting, it's not an easy job. It's the toughest job you'll ever love. I forgot whether that was the Marines <laughs> or something like that, but it is. It, you know, and being a parent does take away from some of the um, relationship happiness. You know, as much as we hate to say it, it does. You know, when you have that additional responsibility, things get spread out. It does bring long-term, you know, pleasure and contentment and happiness. It can do that too, you know. But it's not fun, you know, scolding your child for doing something that could have been dangerous. You know, watching those big crocodile tears form in Sky's eyes, but it needed to be done, you know. It needed to be done. Well, I think that's good, to, you know, kind of a reinforcement. It's one of those things that, you know, we I think we all realize, but it, if we don't say, we, we might ignore it or forget it. But that is that parenthood is a major responsibility. And if you are a parent that you have, uh, you know, deci- you, you put yourself in a situation where you're in charge of another human, you're trying to help your kids grow and become uh, productive uh, human beings, citizens and that sort of thing. So some, you know, that's going to require some self-sacrifice and, and, but that's kind of the way it is that you, you hopefully you've gotten into it with with wise eyes wide open. Uh, but it really is a, a, a huge responsibility to be a parent and, and to be in charge of of those young uh, humans and young folks and, and you know, watch them grow up and, and be productive citizens. We're talking about being a role model as a parent today on the program. If you have a comment for us, 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. If your parents were good role models to you and maybe you would like to uh, call up and sing their praises and let us know how well that they did and how much it meant to you and how important it was in your growth, you can call us. And also, uh, you can also talk about 
parenting styles. That's our question of the day. What describes your parenting style? Was it walk the walk or do as I say, not as I do? And if you're not married, maybe you could uh, share that about your parents. What style did they use and how did it affect you as you were growing up? Uh, 877-MPB-RING is the phone number. It's 877-672-7464. Looking for your input on the show this morning. Jimbo brought up uh, grandparents, and I remember another saying is, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the idea of not – there can be role models other than just the parents. In fact, maybe parents can use other people in a community, maybe be uh, uncles or aunts or, you know, the mayor, a policeman, a fireman, they can use those as role models to help get across to their kids what they what they want. Uh, absolutely. And the same thing, too, you know, in terms of you as an adult uh, nurturing other people. Um, you can nurture people uh, in your neighborhood, those around you, uh, students who are going to school. You know, a lot of times any type of positive involvement from an adult will stimulate interest in education or work. You know, one of the things I've mentioned before that I, I think I mentioned – I've been here a long time. Um, you know, I work for the Choctaw Health Center, and over there, about one-fourth of my patients are children. And uh, I always take time to ask them about how things are going in school, what's what's going on. And, and um, you know, I always ask them that same question, did you do the best that you could? Did you try your hardest to them? And a lot of times, you know, we make little deals over there, them and I, um, things such as, um, oh, it, uh if somebody says they like the Lakers, and I'll say, well, you know, um, if you uh, make the honor roll list, uh, I can get you a uh, Kobe Bryant rookie card. You know, I, I'm a card collector, and I have a few of them, and so I don't mind because it cost me two bucks. Uh, you know, it cost me two bucks ten years ago. I don't mind, um, you know, if a kid's going to work for nine weeks hard, I don't mind giving that. Or one young kid asked for a football. Uh, so I went to Walmart and picked up a um, you know five ninety nine little kid sized football and it's waiting in the office for him to come and get you know get it. Uh, he didn't make the honor roll last quarter, but you know I'm still hopeful we'll make it next quarter. But there are small things we can do, and you don't have to necessarily spend two or five bucks or offer something. Um, yeah, Pizza Hut was Pizza Hut gift stick was another one, but um, you know a lot of times it's just talking to the kids it's us taking time to make them feel important and valued valued that's a way that everybody can nurture a child i wanted to you know on our uh, website you know here we have actually two links which i think are really awesome and the other part too is a real straightforward you know one talks about uh, parenting um, and roles to be uh, 10 ways to be a positive role model and i'll just kind of briefly go through with them you know one to share your values and again letting your child know what you think is important for them to know Second, demonstrating self-esteem, you know, um, not always making negative comments about yourself, but also throwing some of the positive things like Jimbo was saying, hey, sometimes you toot your own horn, you know, um, about being independent, not worrying about uh, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, Number four is about using medications carefully and keeping them, you know, out of the way of uh, kids' risks. Um, Fifth one is about um, drinking responsible. Uh, being a responsible drinker. I don't drink alcohol, and so, you know, I guess that's one thing. I'm I'm showing them one thing through abstinence, but then also for them at some point to understand that there are people who can drink responsibly in a social manner uh, there too, you know. Dealing with stress, and there's a really interesting thing going on with kids in stress right now, and that was tryout season for football and basketball. You know, a number of kids had to learn that the coaches pretty much had already decided who was going to be on that team, you know, no matter how well they did or did not do, you know, and so they're dealing with that life's unfair. You know, showing them about how do we deal with stresses is another important way of dealing with parenting. Or don't go blow up at the couch, the coach and scream and holler because your son didn't make varsity this year, things like that. Um, you know, tell them and share with them your successes and failures. Show them love. Um, discuss the meeting. That's something we actually do quite a bit. You know, we talk about, you know, what the role of TV is, what is a commercial, what are they trying to to do. And when you talk to kids about that, it's a lot easier for them to turn off the TV and sit down and have dinner with you when they're not so worried about Hannah Montana and what's happening in the latest uh, thing, you know, but understanding that that media is an outlet that they're trying to provide them information and it might be not what the type of values that I share with them as well. And I think being involved with them um, is another important part and that's where your time is required. Being involved to attend the parent teacher association conferences you know what, parents, look, um, as a psychiatrist, when your kids say, I've done my homework, please check it out. <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times the kids have said, um, you know, told their parents that they did the homework and the, the kids come home with failing grades and the parent goes, well, I, he said, 
parents, be parents, you know, ask to see those test scores, ask to see the homework done. If the homework's done, it only takes like five, ten minutes just to review it and make sure it's reasonably correct. And by the way, you don't have to correct every answer. It's okay to let them get a B on a homework assignment. You know, you don't have to fix it for them. If you fix them for if you fix it for them now, you'll be fixing it for them the rest of their life. And do you really want to have, you know, a 43-year-old son coming back and saying, Ma, I need you to take care of me and my kids? Mm-hmm. No, you, you, hopefully we're going to be teaching our children about becoming independent. You know, I think that last one is kind of a catch-all because I think if you are involved in your kids' lives, we gave the uh, uh, the example of, of your family meeting around the dinner table discussing what's going on. You know, I think it, before on a previous show, you kind of always say, hey, what, what happened at school today, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So when you're involved, you're, you're picking up on little things that going on in your kids' life. If you uh, discuss the media with them, if you know what they're watching on television, then if something that they're watching is objectionable or doesn't meet uh, the things that you're trying to, to provide as a role model, again, it's, it's a great great opportunity to say, hey, look, you know, uh, Hannah Montana, I don't know, I don't watch that show, but, you know, she's spent a bunch of money on a guitar or whatever. You know, we we, we want you to spend or whatever. But, I mean, even negative things, you can take them mm-hmm. and sort of turn that around by saying, this isn't the way we'd like you to be, and here is why. Yes. You know, it's a good example of where we can say this is, this is appropriate or this is uh, not appropriate. And uh, they actually like your input. You know, kids really do need your input and help you to decide what what is appropriate for your family. We're going to take a break. We're on Relatively Speaking. Our topic today is parents in their role as role models. We're looking for questions and comments from you this morning at 877-672-7464. Our email address is family at mpbonline.org. Our question of the day, it's talking about parenting styles and which one describes your style. Is it walk the walk? Do you lead your kids as an example or do as I say, not as I do? We'll be back with more after this break. an mpb think radio podcast mpbonline.org mpb think radio you're listening to relative speaking from mpb think radio where today we're talking about parents in their role as role models for their children we're looking for your comments at 877-672-7464 or at email address is family at mpbonline.org uh, what was your parents' parenting style? Do you think it was an effective if you have some experiences growing up of the ways that your parents tried to mold uh, your behavior? And also, if uh, what are the ways that you're trying to model for your children? Is your parenting style more walk the walk, which means lead by example, or is it more do as I say and not as I do? We're looking for your input on that. Call us at 877-672-7464 with your comments and your questions. You know, Dr. Gordon, we were talking about sort of the uh, non-parents who can also be uh, role models, and we talked about about maybe what teachers or uh, if someone from a church or you know relatives, uh, maybe community leaders. Um, but that thing, though, I think it's important. Maybe if you are a, maybe a, a friend, a friend of a family that has small kids, to just sort of kind of notice them. I, I think a lot of times kids get that whole, you know, we're adults now and your children, you know, don't bother mm-hmm. us that sort of thing. And I would imagine that to a young kid, that if you were a friend of the family and came over and even just said, you know, hello, kind of engage them in a little bit of conversation, what's going on in your life, that kind of thing. That that might help build their self-esteem um, and, and, and kind of help them out in that way. Uh, I think so. It just, <clears throat> boy, you know, maybe 10 years from now, I'll come back and tell you how I did with raising my kids. You know, um, one of the things that, you know, I talked about going to the swimming party, the pool party was a kid's birthday this weekend. You know, it, one of the things that always jumps out to me is the number of dads who are not there. Um, you know, I, I was one of three dads who were there. One was the kid's dad. There was another dad and myself. And, uh, I just enjoy being around the kids. I work hard enough as a, as a doctor and, and did, I had to go in on Saturday a little bit, take care of some things. And I just enjoyed watching the kids. And, and one of my daughter's friends who's 10 just sat down and started talking. And it was, it was really cute. Um, just talking to her about, oh, whatever, anything 10 year old kids want to talk about. And for about five minutes, we just kind of chatted back and forth. And I think as she got up, she was smiling. She just enjoyed 
that time, and it makes me laugh when I think. And I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the little girl's name, but it was just so funny because she was asking me questions, you know, uh, like a future interviewer, you know, about what's going on and what did we do this summer, and it was really fun, you know. And uh, I'd like to see more dads, you know, going to those birthday parties or things like that, or just time with the kids. You can do it; it's safe. You're not some creep weirdo to do it uh i don't know maybe she said i was weirdo um but there are things that we can all do you know as adults don't be so worried about what is somebody going to say or somebody you know um do i mean for heaven's sake it wasn't it was in the ymca with tons of people around you know well you know i I think also you know as adults we deal with a lot of stress in life maybe some things not going well with us i think if you maybe spend some time with a child and sort of that innocence of a child that maybe you're doing them some good kind of building up their self-esteem and helping them along their way but i think that they're doing you some good too absolutely a a, a way to relieve that stress and just have some downtime where you're enjoying kind of interacting with a you know with with the kids yeah i like to tease too i like to tease the kids sometimes you know and then they catch on to it you know (laughs) wait a minute uh, let's go back to the phones for some more uh, uh, calls. Uh, first, let's go to Memphis. This is Shakria. Uh, you have a comment for us. Go ahead. Oh, hi. Yes, hi. Uh, I just wanted to, to thank you, first of all, because I think it's such a timely subject in our community right now. I'm in the urban community in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm a professor at, at Lamorneon College, and I think that the, the uh, various challenges that we face in terms of single moms and grandparents that are now forced to be moms is just crucial. So we do need some hands-on how to uh, parent our children. I know my for mine, in terms of which one I choose, my family was so dysfunctional um, that it left me with, you know, predisposed dysfunctional abilities to parent. So I've been in a tailspin working my way back up to where you are, you know, speaking of now, just just even with my grandchildren, and I can really appreciate um, your comments about the churches and, and others being uh, active, you know, participants in the whole parenting process, because it does take a village to raise one child, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I just, um, I, you know, I'm 63, so when I was growing up, it was the people next door that or the church per se, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's uh, it, we definitely have to depend on police officers, firemen, just anybody that we can to help out with our children. So I just want to basically say thank you for your information, and I will be using the you know your information as I pursue parenting classes and workshops throughout the Memphis area. Awesome. All right, boy, I I think that's so positive. You know, one of the things that. Um, Gosh, you know, I've sent parents and grandparents to parenting classes or, or recommended them. And, you know, actually sometimes if, if you have a loved one who's involved with foster care or DHS, you know, if the doctor recommends it, you kind of have to do it. And people always get mad at me and I'm like saying, you know, a lot of times when things are dysfunctional, we don't recognize that because they'll go, well, that's what my dad did. That's what my mom did. Shouldn't I do that? And the answer is no. There's a reason why you're in foster care. You know, we, we need to do something different. But one of the things is let's not put blame, you know, rather than blame or anger, say, look, you need help. Let's try to help. Here's part of change in parenting classes and sending grandparents to parenting classes. You know, these things are straightforward, but they're not easy. It's not easy to be a parent or a grandparent. And then we add on to that a lot of the social stresses, such as single parent families, a lot of that is about how we parented our children, about relationships and self-esteem and uh, respecting oneself, you know, are, are all things that kind of lead to, in drug use, that lead to teenage pregnancies or single parent, uh, single parents raising kids. You know, kind of where does it, chicken and egg, which one comes first? It don't matter. Let's just start. All right. Uh, let's continue on. Let's uh, next go to Meridian. Uh, Robert's on the line. Robert, uh, looks like uh, you, in the terms of parenting style, more the walk the walk, lead by example uh, type of parenting style. What's your story for us? Yes. Good morning, gentlemen. Good Love morning. The show. Good morning. Thanks. Um, I am a transplant from New York City, living in Meridian. And I have had my share of life experiences, I'm almost 67, of living in neighborhoods that were littered with all of the stuff that folks didn't seem uh, to think they needed to keep in their car till they got to an appropriate place to dump it. Mm. And so many times, sitting on the porch, vision impairment notwithstanding, I can see up the street, down the street, across the way I live on a corner, Mm -hmm. all of the crap that people put out there. 
And I find that just getting a garbage bag, putting on the gloves, and periodically going out and picking up everything that my eyes catch that mm-hmm. doesn't belong there is not only a contribution to uh, trying to influence the behavior of young people, mm-hmm. but anybody that notices without having a, the first conversation with any neighbor. I mean, this is a sweet little neighborhood compared to some of the places that uh, I've lived in, and I lived in New York City for most of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that many times we adults have it within our power to influence people just by not speaking about it, but just doing it. And let let it, you know, fall where it will on the consciousness of other people. Well, thank you, Robert, because actions speak louder than words. What a great example of how, you know, not only impacting people around, not acting young people around him, but other people around him. I thank you for sharing that really positive example. All right, I think we have time for one quick call. Sean from Brandon's on the line wants to brag on his parents. Sean, we've kind of give you a little bit of time, about 45 seconds, but if you could give us the quick version. Uh, yes, um, my dad is a locomotive engineer for the Canadian National Railway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's been all through my life that he's been a, a railroader and he's been gone a lot, taking trips a lot. And, uh, you know, having to deal with him, you know, being grouchy when he comes home, hungry, tired, working 18-hour days. Mm. And uh, that's the kind of life, you know, we lived for a long time. And, uh, you know, no matter what, you know, no matter what I did, no matter what I went through, my dad was always there for me. And even when I was, a, even when I was just a young baby, he would, uh, he would always get up with me in the, mor- in, in the middle of the night whenever I woke up crying. You know, he was the one that changed my diapers when I was little. And... Mm. You know, my mom was always there, and she was going through uh, being a being a, a full time nurse at the time and taking care of me. And uh, you know, we always never really had it easy. But for you know, no matter what I did as a kid, wh- whether I got into trouble, my parents were always there for me, always understanding. And you know, we always butted heads over you know our differences. And you know, I'm really laid back, and my dad's more more militant than anything. <laughs> All right. Sean, we got to cut you loose. Thanks for that. That's a great way to end the show. Uh, And that's just a a, a message to parents. You don't know what an effect this is going to have. Sean here has grown up and still appreciates what his parents did for him. Relatively Speaking is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions of listeners like you. Thanks to our producer, Ezra Wall. So for Dr. Greg Gordon, I'm Kevin Farrell, asking you to listen to Money Talks tomorrow at 9 and be with us next Monday at 9 for another Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB MPB Think Radio. Radio.